2: Welcome to the Access Consciousness radio show. We'll help you find that awareness with tools that actually work. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane work. Hello, everybody. This is Gary and Dane. Welcome to Access
1: Consciousness on the Empowerment Channel on Voice America. Great to be with you. Before we get started, please know you can go to accessconsciousness.com and check out all kinds of cool stuff. You can also connect with us on whenisthetime.com and suggest topics for future shows. Tell us whether you love us. Tell us whether you hate us. And eh, if you hate us,
3: you know what? Well, you could tell us. Don't bother to tell us. Don't bother. Uh, we won't listen anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So what's, what's the subject for today? There is is. No more business as usual. <laughs> we have Stephen Chudissa Bowman who wrote this fabulous book. Uh, no more business as usual. How to look at business from a different place, which will give you more chance to create more with your business than you ever thought possible. There's only one thing terribly wrong with the book. What's that? They keep quoting this really obnoxious guy all the time in their books, and they put him in the same category as Gandhi and Warren Buffett. And it's like, and that I think I, find it, I think his name disgusting.
1: is Gary Douglas. I think that's who you're talking about. Yeah,
3: that's what I'm talking about.
1: I don't know. I think I think they
3: know a thing or two. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, I'm glad you believe that, and I'm. I guess I'm glad they believe it. But it took me three days of pocking potting myself before I could handle reading my name. I remember
1: those days. I remember you were kind of gobstopped. You were kind of like a stunned mullet, as it were, as you were reading the book, and you went. I I saw your mouth drop open a few times, like. They really put me here with these important people? I'm like, my friend. He's really good people? You have some really cool stuff to say.
4: Apparently. So I guess, uh,
1: I guess I they're here. Know. They're on. Shall we bring yes. them on? So welcome, we Steve. Chutisha, are you there?
4: We are. Thank you very much for asking us to be on the radio show. Good morning. So, glad.
1: thank you for taking the time out of your busy friggin' schedule <laughs> well, traveling
3: around the world. And the problem is they're in Thailand and it's like 5 a.m. in the morning. Talk about, you know, kind people. Boy, Five you guys in the morning, are cool. You're willing to do this. You're I'm awesome. Just, like you guys just rock. I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, just uh, Steve. What was it that inspired this book? No more business as usual.
4: We we have been working with boards and CEOs and corporates around the world for the last twenty years, really, and just been finding that so many organizations are functioning from the paradigm of. Trying to make themselves fit into this contextual reality, and yeah, they, they'd survive, but there'd be no, there'd be no thriving, there'd be no, you know, um, being the possibility that their organisation and they truly are. So we looked at that from a, a different place, and um, saw that. Hang on a second. What if there was no more business as usual? What if businesses understood what was going on out there, but didn't buy into everything that was going on around them as a reality.
0: So
3: I I know one of the chapters that like really floored me was when you talked about Kodak and that moment when they, when they thought that digital was just a passing fancy. (laughs) Surprise.
4: (laughs) A lot of businesses out there look at, um, what they already know and try and um, fix that into uh, keeping that to go on forever and ever and ever without being willing to be strategically aware of what's going on around them and what the other possibilities are. And so what we've found and the work that we've done with organisations really is to increase their levels of strategic awareness so that they're both being strategic and at the same time being consciously aware.
5: And for us, Kodak is one of the examples of many organizations that functioning from the fixed point of view, and they couldn't see when they have done so many researches even 20 years ago that digital, for example, for Kodak, the digital is going to come in and it's going to be big. But with fixed point of view, they could not see past that, and they couldn't believe that this could actually be happening. So... They were not in the question and they went totally into the conclusion
3: that that could not be. It's <clears> not <throat> amazing that people can come to that kind of conclusion because, like, for me personally, it's like in my business, I'm always looking at what I need to change or do different in order to be prepared for what's going to show up tomorrow or the next day or next year or five years from now. It's like I, I can't even believe that people function from the, from not being willing or not having an awareness of what is going to occur instead of trying to function from what used to occur.
4: Just- yeah, what, what we find with a lot of businesses is that when they're doing the, looking at strategy, they're looking at you know, doing more of what they're currently doing but with a little bit of a twist to it rather than looking at, well, what is the difference that we want to be? What is the difference that we want to make? How can we be different? and then looking from that space, well, then what do we need to create and generate around that that will actually create that difference and enable us to be different in what we're doing? And most businesses don't function that way.
3: So is it necessary to be different in order to actually succeed?
4: I think it's more likely what is the difference we want to make is the key to succeeding, if an organisation can actually look to see, well, what is this difference that we're making, and what would that look like, and then everything that they do is filtered through the difference that they want to be and that they want to create, that's what makes a business successful. Um, What I've just said sounds all a little bit airy-fairy, but it is the key strategic driver behind all organisations that are very successful is they know the difference that they want to make and everything they do is filtered through that so that they are both being very focused but also totally open up to open to other possibilities all at the one time. Well when you say
1: that it's like it it's interesting because that is such a forward thinking idea but what you're saying is all successful businesses are actually the ones that have that as a point of view so that becomes their their main drive, if you will, their main priority is what difference do we want to make? You know, that's a completely different way of looking at things. But like you're saying, it's also what ends
3: up creating success. So, yes, you know, like you had in your book some examples of, you know, successful people and successful organizations. Can you give an example for people to, you know, tune into? Um, one of the organizations that
4: we worked with was a uh Mental health organisation, very large international mental health organisation, and they had a point of view that life could only be this certain way, and you know it was all quite difficult, and it was a uh, and the environment they're in and the funding that they could get was all you know like everyone else's, um, and once the board started to realise the difference that that organisation was making, and the difference that it could make out there then all of a sudden what started to happen is they opened up their, their uh, thinking about where funding could come from and where they could actually create their revenue streams. Uh, and, it, and it started at the board level because as soon as the board were willing to say, OK, here is the difference that we want to make. Who else is interested in that? What other, what other fields can we get into that, where that difference can be made? Let's have a look at the other possibilities around this difference that we want to create. As soon as the board recognised that, they then started to really extrapolate and they found that their funding increased um, many-fold because they got over their fixed point of view that this is just the way it is, this is how everyone else functions in this space, therefore we must be like this as well.
5: And we introduced uh, being the question to the board, like in accent, like the word, what else is possible? Uh, the question, what else is possible? Now we're able to get most of the board to wanting to ask God's questions, what else is possible, is getting them out of being in the... This is the only way that they can do. And the,
4: and the great gift of that organisation was now the board and each of the directors, and every new director coming on there is actually trained in how to be the question. And uh, what uh, they're finding now is that um, being the question, they're now calling it being strategic, which yeah, is okay. hilarious.
3: Well, the question would be strategic because you couldn't come to any conclusions.
4: Yeah, exactly. And what happens from there is uh, the being the question at the board level and and the senior executive level means that they can function within this contextual reality. They can still do all the work that they do, all their operational programs, but being the question... Is about well, what else is possible, what else is going on up there, what should we know that we don't know that if we did know it would enable us to know the things that we need to know so that we can know what we need to know, and and just being the question and all of that has totally changed the way that functional that that organisation functions, and the board are actually enjoying their role on there whilst at the same time um, you know, focusing on finance, strategy and risk, but each one of those is now a question rather than a fixed point of view about how things must be.
3: That's got to change to hold, you know, not only their finances, but also what they're able to deliver in the world, hasn't it?
4: Well, the interesting thing then is that once you are willing to be the question and once you see how powerful that is, um, it then permeates over into your other business, into your day job, uh, at home. So actually being the question is one of the most powerful tools for changing the world.
1: Wow, I love that. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. And <clears throat> you present it in a business context, which, you know, sort of like brass tacks to people. That's something that is real. It's tangible. It's not in the airy fairy realm of things. And you're presenting these concepts that that are what are so necessary to also change their relationships, their lives, just like you said. But they're getting it from that venue of, hey, look, this is working in business. So I know it works. Let
3: me try it at home, too. That's
5: very exactly.
1: cool.
3: Hmm. So we're you know, so so uh, in the book you talked about uh you know, like Steve Jobs and some other people and the way they function and how they functioned essentially from a different point of view. It's like what is it that creates in a person the willingness to have a different point of view? Got any ideas?
4: I think just the the, the uh awareness that it's actually possible and knowing that everything that we have is created from the point of view that we have you know our point of view creates our reality not the other way around so if things need to change then what point of view do I have that needs to change if things need to change in our business what points of view of the business need to change if things need to change uh then what points of view of my staff need to change and what would that look like and how can we create that so It's just looking at the point of view side of things is really one of the most powerful um, awarenesses that people can have is that everything is created from the point of view that you have.
5: I think when I was uh, doing the research and getting to know all these people for the book, um, the key thing is none of them ever come to any conclusion. And I think that's the key thing uh, that makes them so amazing that they never actually come to any conclusion that things are supposed to be a certain way. Is that that right, Steve? Correct,
4: yes. And not having a conclusion means that you're always willing to look at what else is possible out there at the same time as doing the day-to-day operational job, but also that that, that sense of curiosity about what else, what else, what else. And that then is what we term strategic awareness. I
5: mean, for example, Steve's job, he could have spent so much money like... uh, millions of dollars creating something, and he's never concluded that that has to be the only way. He's willing to destroy and create that project instantly if, if in that moment it doesn't work anymore. And he doesn't actually make money valuable enough to actually make him push that product into uh, being if it doesn't actually work anymore.
3: Yeah. And that's, that's, that was the part. I mean, it's like when you mentioned that. And then you mentioned that, that, uh, like with Kodak, they weren't willing to destroy the way they had been doing business to choose something else. And you begin to realize that, wow, you know what? It's like if you did business from a sense of total presence without any conclusion and you were constantly in a question of what else it was possible to change, uh, success would be a whole lot easier than what most people are willing to have.
4: Yes, and and success uh, would show up in all sorts of different ways as well. So not only the financial success, but also the success in creating that difference in the world that that organisation is the promise of. And again, one of the things that we find is many people see an organisation as some sort of, I don't know, entity or business and have this point of view about what business is without recognising that, Actually, everything that they do touches people's lives. Everything they do has an impact on people, has an impact on society. And if you understand what that impact is, all of a sudden you've got this magical thing called strategic advantage.
3: Wow. That's very cool. I love the way you always turn the, you know, know, the way it's so amazing to have you in a class and have you take the access tools that we create and then all of a sudden I can see your head go off and it's like, and the next thing I know, you've taken it down a business line and created something amazing with it. It's just so cool. It's just one of the greatest gifts you are to the world. And, and it's like, and I know you've used this with the people that you work with and it's creating more success and what they're doing. And it's, it's, it's like, I'd like to come back after we take our break because we're going to have to take a break in about another minute and, uh, when we take that break, it's like I want to come back and talk to you about um, my favorite thing. What are those things called? That I would, oh mission statements. You know, it's like and it's like I always His thought favorite would,
1: thing. <laughs> I hate
3: mission statements. I always hated mission statements. I thought they were so incredibly awful. But you actually showed me how they really should be instituted and how they really should work, which I think is one of the most amazing gifts in the world. And I I no longer resist them. I still don't love them, but I no longer resist them and I'm willing to see how it's possible to create and generate something way better than most people are willing to recognize. And that's that's an amazing gift. So it's like uh, we still got a little time. Uh, so uh, I don't know what to say.
4: <laughs> so the mission statements and vision statements you were talking about, one of the awarenesses I've come up to over the last few years is what if they were just – big giant questions what if you had a vision statement and then you looked at that and and extrapolated that into questions rather than trying to fix it in contextual reality and when we have the come back from the break i'll give you some examples of how that actually works excellent thank you i love it
3: we're going to go to a break now folks and we'll be back shortly thank you
6: To your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness the Bars. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a Bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? When you're pondering the big questions like, is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at AccessConsciousness.com. AccessConsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At accessconsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. Accessconsciousness.com, your one stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. It's Gary
1: and Dane, and we have the amazing Steve and Chutissa Bowman with us who are people who travel around the world working with boards, nonprofits, and some really big companies and corporations showing them how to actually bring consciousness into their business. Now, that's not what they say. They don't say, hey, let us bring consciousness into your business. They say, nobody hey. would
3: want that. <laughs> exactly. They'd be like,
1: what? Because consciousness isn't quite the hot item yet, yes. except with what these guys are doing, it may be very soon.
3: It's true. So before we went to break, we were talking about vision statement and what are those other things, Steve? Mission statements. Vision statements statements and mission statements. And it's like you took me out of hating them. And so I'd like you to give people an idea of how they can look at this in a way in which it'll make it more empowering for them to have a vision statement or a mission statement.
4: Okay, well… Most people, when they hear about vision and mission statements, the immediate reaction is the eyes glaze over and they go, Oh, my God, I know we should have one, but uh, what would I do with it anyway? Um, and So what we invite people to do is to, to change their point of view about that and actually say, Well, what if our vision statement gave us great clarity as well as opening up opportunities? And so the whole notion behind a vision or a mission statement has been lost over the years. It's now Most organisations see them as something they've got to have because it fills in a blank on their strategic plan template. And so our point of view very much is, well, what if we actually understood the difference that we want to make to the communities that we work with? And if we understand what that difference that we want to make is and we understand who the communities are that we work with, the people, the individuals, the organisations, then all of a sudden we have an insight into the future possibilities of what actually could be. And so a vision statement very much is very simply um, one that provides us with insight into what the difference is that we want to make out in the world and the the impact that we want to have on all of the people that that are actually impacted by the work that we do. Do That very notion changes that are impacted they, by
3: the work you want to
4: do. Um, everyone who everyone who has an interest in what it is that that you're doing. So it's not just your clients, but it's the families of the clients. It's not just the organisations; it's the staff in the organisations, and also the suppliers, and also. So when you start to look at who is actually impacted by what we do, you start to look outside of just the person who's presenting it themselves to you at that very moment so for example if you if you're running a, a, a chiropractic business for example right who are the communities that we impact on well there's the individual who comes in to see us but there's also the, the the families of that individual so therefore all of a sudden you can start thinking about some family programs that you can conduct and not only is the family but also the work that, that they go to the workplace so all of a sudden you can start thinking about well, hang on a second, I can actually create some workplace-related programs and maybe those workplace-related programs can have an impact on family as well. So there'll be a family component as well as seeing this individual by themselves. And once you understand who those communities are, each one of them has a different revenue stream associated with it. So all of a sudden, just from that extrapolation, you've increased your revenue streams threefold. Now you've got the individual, you've got the workplace, and you've got the family. And that's just scratching the surface. Wow. wow, and that that is so cool because
1: I what it seems like you're doing is is connecting people to the awareness that the choices that they're making in business actually have far greater ramifications, and that's one thing that we see in the work that we do. Also, is people want to be connected with something greater? They want to know there's something greater from their choices, not just you know not just the bottom line of making a buck, but how can we not only do that but also Create and be a contribution to all these aspects of our lives and the world.
4: And one of the things also from that, Dane, is that if, you, if, if people can actually understand that what they do truly touches people's lives, because you, know, you look at it, an organisation is nothing more than a bunch of people, you know, and, and those people know other people, and those other people are impacted on what, what happens as well too. So it's like a whole ring of concentric circles. It's the ripple effect. You know, you drop a little bit of awareness and consciousness here and it has a ripple effect in places you can't even imagine. If you can start to imagine what some of those places can be, then all of a sudden you've got different markets, you've got different um, uh, people, different organisations that you can start looking at. And it enables you to see past just the work that you're doing currently at the moment but also what impact that work has on places that you haven't even thought were possible.
5: Then, you know, when you mentioned that uh, about bringing consciousness into business, we started, we've been um, participating with our Access for nearly 10 years now. And uh, 10 years ago, people look at the word consciousness and like you said, they look at it and say, what? And we find now more and more CEO and the board and the people at that top level actually asking for us to show them what is awareness is and how to function from that space more and more, which is so great to see. They don't actually say, what is awareness anymore? They say, well, oh, tell us more about that strategic awareness. So mm. that's wow. so cool.
1: That is really cool. And I've got to say, if that happening is an acknowledgment of the work you guys are doing in the world. It's, I mean, to have that as, as a valuable product, especially in a business setting, you know, after 10 short years, I mean, you've been doing this. I remember when you sort of transitioned your business model from the way it was to actually working together and becoming the two Bowmans, becoming this team, you know, that was going to go out and bring these possibilities to businesses around the world. And in 10 short years, to have that level of change, congratulations, guys. This is really cool.
3: And you're responsible <laughs> for most of it.
1: It's like, you know, you're you're a, a two-person team showing what's actually possible. And and so, you know, one of the other things in your book is we've a lot of what you've been talking about is in your book, No More Business as Usual. If there was, and we'll have plenty of time for more, but if there was one other point that you'd want people to get, from your book what would it be what would you want the people out there cuz there are a lot of people out there who who don't realize that in a sense if you have a job or if you're alive you're basically your life you know you're in business for yourself you know a lot of people don't nece- aren't necessarily on boards don't work for corporations but the same things apply what would you say to people about that
4: um that is absolutely spot on, Dane, in that um, your business is your life, your life is your business, and every point of view you've got about business is a limitation anyway. So understand what those points of view are and then see how those limitations you can actually turn to advantage. So probably one of the, the, the other key things that you get from the book that um, that is so powerful, if you're willing to look at it, is the notion of contextual awareness, and that is, Understand what's going on around you. Understand contextual reality. Um, Understand what's going on around you. Understand what others are doing. Um, Look and see what's happening there, but don't buy it as real.
5: I think in the book we call it being functional within this contextual reality of knowing what other people are doing in business and use that as a strategic advantage.
3: Okay. I think we need an explanation of what contextual reality is.
4: Contextual reality is where everyone um, sees and creates things so that they fit, they benefit, they win, or they lose.
5: And yeah. you said, Gary, maybe you can actually uh, give that quote. We actually quoted you what contextual reality is.
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just think it's funny.
5: <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, it's like contextual reality is fig- fig- figuring out where you fit in the context of everything else, where you win, where you lose, where you benefit, or where you don't. No, what, I forget the other Fit,
1: benefit, win, lose, and... Avoid losing. And so in contextual reality, you're basically making this reality the thing to which you compare yourself and in whose context you fit. So it doesn't allow you, if you're not willing to see beyond it or live beyond it, you're always using... The limited points of view, the most solid points of view around you, and sort of bouncing off of those, which is what unsuccessful businesses do, which is what unconscious businesses do. What's unsuccessful people do. And so, what you guys are talking about is a totally different way of being based on what this brilliant guy, Gary Douglas, started talking about that you took and went, (laughs) I love saying that. I love looking at his face. He's like,
3: Shut up.
1: You know, because I I mean, it's like I love that what you're doing is you're taking consciousness, bridging it with business and showing how it makes everything greater. You're actually giving people the capacity to choose consciousness and allow it to bridge into the world in such a large way because the large corporations on the planet and the nonprofits have such a reach. You know, they reach millions and millions of people, The the reach a reach that would be difficult for one person to attain. So you're actually – Going in and having this effect with, you know, maybe ten people on a board that will affect millions. So mm-hmm. as you see that, what it, in addition to seeing this thing of consciousness actually becoming a value product, what other changes have you seen over the last ten years as you've been doing this work?
4: Um, people's willingness to actually recognize that awareness is a valuable commodity. And we're seeing that at the very top levels, in particular, um, because they've seen so many instances of where that, of where that, you know, that that ten seconds of unconsciousness creeps in, and all of a sudden they're into crisis mode, or the anti-conscious, which now people are calling bullying and harassment. Right? We see that, you know that when when the anti-consciousness starts to creep into a culture, it then creates that whole. Um, uh, area of, uh, of bullying, harassment um, you know, the toxic environment and that's really come to the fore in the last few years it's now legislated against so that creating awareness people are now seeing that awareness actually provides not only <clears throat> a better way of being but damn it makes the business more effective too so you can be both aware this is an interesting concept you can be both aware and make stacks of money
5: <laughs> and you know, Gary said, you for many years, you to often talk about functioning from the edge of infinite possibilities. And the, even the first time I heard both of you talking about that, I thought, what would it be like if everyone and every business actually functioning from the edge of infinite possibility instead of competing within this reality? And that's what probably the whole base of the whole book is introducing to people that if we can actually function from the edge of internet possibility, we don't have to compete in the space everyone else competing in.
4: I had an interesting example of that last week where I said to this group of 60 CEOs that we were talking about, I said, look, you you know, this whole notion of competition, um, people buy that as as a reality so that you either get it before the other bastards do or if you don't get it, then you'll miss out. I said, well, what if, what if there was no such thing as competition? What if, in fact, your point of view was, eat my dust? <laughs> For the next hour and a half, I had to explain what I meant by eat my dust. And <laughs> what was fascinating about that is that they, they, they finally came around to the notion that the whole notion of eat my dust is, outcreate. That's all it is, outcreate. You, know, you want to compete with me Good luck eat my dust. <laughs> I
1: love That's that funny. <clears throat> I love that. And the funny part is that you'd have to explain it. It's like uh, okay so you get this sense of where they were functioning that is is from this totally different place. So when you when you talk to somebody who is when you talk to, it's obviously different when you talk to somebody who's really open, versus talking to somebody who's not. And Steve, I know that one of the things that is your favorite is when you have the people there that are the naysayers and you just play with them and you know, you play with them in such a way that most of the time they come around to at least questioning what their fixed point of view has been. Can you talk a little bit about how you do that? Cause I think people could use that in their businesses and their lives.
4: I, I view anyone who tries to fight me as a gift because uh, having watched a master of this, Mr. Douglas, um, and one of the things that I thoroughly enjoy about the facilitator classes is not only the content, but also how you deal with some of the very interesting situations that arrive. One of the things I love doing is when people are, are, are fighting that, either energetically or actually physically, verbally fighting it, then I just ask questions. And one of two things happens is when I start asking questions, well, what if that wasn't so? That really pisses people off. Love it. So they'll come up with a comment and i say, well, what if that wasn't so? But it is so. But if it wasn't so, what would need to change? And the interesting thing is that they may or may not change their point of view. That's irrelevant to me. But what is very relevant is everyone else sees what a fixed point of view looks like and sees other ways that they can actually deal with it. And then we have a conversation about, well, what happens when you've got someone on your board or your senior executive with a fixed point of view? Then what are the, what are the various things you can do with that fixed point of view? And we have a great conversation about what that looks like. So anyone who um, has got the shutters down and the blinds up to me is a gift because it enables me to ask questions that wouldn't otherwise have been asked, but also shows others what it's like when they have a fixed point of view like this and how silly it is.
3: <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, it is silly to take a fixed point of view about anything. Because, like, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, it's like it's never, Yeah, you know, it's like, you, you know, do you actually know what the future is going to bring all the time? I know personally that it's like you don't know what tomorrow is going to be. You don't know what the weather is going to be like. You don't know. You know it's like it, all kinds of people can predict it. But can you guarantee it's going to be that way? And I really like the fact that, you know, that you have shown such miraculous ways to show how point of view creates the limitation you can't overcome. And it's like, what if that was not a necessity? What if you had different possibilities? What if you could create and generate something that had never existed before? Oh yeah, those are all the questions you use, aren't they? (laughs) Very very much.
5: And the cool thing was, uh, 10 years ago when I first went to access, um, uh, workshop, and I came home uh, and I got to think about destroying and create everything and create new every day. So when I went to Steve about destroying and create our relationship as well in terms of uh, our marriage, now we, we strive and create everything, in, even in our business and all, all of that. And we, we, as you said, we are now in Thailand, which is I'm coming back to spend a lot of time you know, with people I know. So by using the, the destroyed, create relationship with everyone and everything, it just totally makes life so much easier uh, to be mm-hmm. with people every day. And we use that in our business. It's very too. So thank you so much for that too.
4: That's mm-hmm. a bit like uh, you know, being aware of the contextual reality but uh, but not buying it as a reality, being aware of it but not buying into it. And cool. that destroy and uncreate is such a powerful tool for everyone in their business where they just say, well, what if I destroyed and uncreate all of the um, expectations, judgments, perceptions um, that I have of my business? Now, let's look at this issue.
3: Well, we're going to have to go to break right now. So uh, we'll be right back and we'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk some more about this and destroy and uncreate and how that will really will work for you and anyway Thank you.
2: We'll be back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Dane here, and I would like to invite you to an adventure in being. I've just written and finished a new book known as Being You, Changing the World. Are you one of those dreamers? one of those people who's always known that other possibilities should be available but haven't yet been able to see them be created well i wrote this book for you in it you'll find tools processes and unique perspectives to change the things you've always wanted to change but didn't know how in it you'll find an invitation to a different possibility for a way that we can be in this world that changes not only our lives but by being us allows us to contribute to changing everything planet-wide that doesn't work are you aware that truly great people truly being them is the only thing that has ever created a great change on this planet are you willing to step up are you willing to be one check out a copy of my new book being you changing the world i invite you to go to beingyoubook.com for a free gift
6: when you're pondering the big questions like is there more than this how can i have a happy relationship What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. Accessconsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes, and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At accessconsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. Accessconsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more.
1: I have the honor of traveling around the world facilitating thousands of people on how to change their lives with these very tools. I'd like to share some of them with you. Go to beinguclass.com and sign up for my free video series. My gift to you. What if the tools to change everything are available now? In February, you can join me for a three and a half day intensive class in Hawaii. Are you ready to explore these tools in this energy live? Is now the time? Go to beinguclass.com. You know if this is for you. You always do.
2: Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. are tuned in to access consciousness to join in on the discussion today please call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com now back to the show welcome back everybody
1: it's gary and dane and the amazing and phenomenal Stephen chutissa bowman
3: Boy, how do we get so lucky to know people like this, Gary? I know. I just, I just adore my life. It's, you know, everywhere I turn, I have great people in it and you guys are some of the greatest. And by the way, uh, what Shutessa was sharing with you is one of the tools of access, which is destroy and uncreate all your relationships and destroy and uncreate your business and destroy and uncreate your marriage every day. That keeps you on the creative and the generative edge of your life so that you're always in a place of create. Which is way more fun. Okay, so we,
1: we talk about this, we get it, we've bandied it about, you know, Stephen Tutisa have talked about it. Can we explain it a little more? So how about if we ask Stephen Tutisa too, because they would have a different perspective than you and I do. Guys, can you can I no that's you know was sort of the end of the last segment, everything that we were talking about. Can you put that just in total layman's terms, if somebody's never heard it before and they're still sitting there sort of kicking themselves going, I don't get it. Why would I want to destroy and uncreate everything? Doesn't everything go away and get worse when you do? Can you just put it in real simple terms for people?
4: Sure. Um, when we talk about uncreate and destroy, it's as simple as saying, well, let's uncreate and destroy all of this. Um, and We use it in all parts of our life. So if we're having... Um, a different point of view meets a different point of view sort of conversation, (laughs) Um, which others might call arguments or whatever you might call it. Um, And the the energy feels a bit funky. We just say, let's uncreate and destroy all of that. And all of a sudden it just goes, that that whole notion. So if you're feeling uh, frustrated or or, um, um, constrained by your business about a particular component of your business, then you just say, literally say, um, i'm going I, I will uncreate and destroy every expectation judgment um, that i have about this aspect of my business now what would it look like so what it does for us is that it actually takes all of the unsaid unknown unknowing energy energetic uh, uh, contractions that we've made around something and i've said okay well let's uncreate and destroy all of that
5: for me, it's about letting go of all the reference points of anything. Um, I've been working in the major corporation for, for for about 25 years, and when we used to do the planning, we always go back to the history, we go back to the re- reference point, and try to do just a little bit better than last year or the year before. And I could never understood why people used to do that. Until I actually heard um, Gary said for the first time that I'm creating, destroy everything new every day. And I thought, wow, that actually made more sense. Because why would we actually base on the past and try to do a little bit 10% better each year if you can just create something totally new each year? Then you don't have anything to base on that. I just do a little bit better so we can do something even so much more than you could ever imagine when we actually destroy all the past.
4: And and uncreate and destroy doesn't mean that you take a match to everything and throw it out. What it <laughs> means is that you actually, you can still actually use everything that you're currently doing and what else. So this is cool what we're doing and what else and what else and what else and what else. A lot of people think you know uncreate and destroy is about. Um, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, you know, let me leave everything that I know in life behind and try something totally new that I have no idea about. Um, well, it just doesn't make sense. What if you could use everything that had been, um, everything that you knew, everything that you'd been trained in, but in a totally different way as well as doing what you're currently doing? So a lot of people think uncreate and destroy is to actually you know, physically destroy something. We're just saying, oh hang on a second, uncreate and destroy all of the fixed limitations, all of the points of view you've got about this, and don't look at past reference points. And don't, and keep, keep doing what it is that you're doing, but with a totally different point of view.
5: And as, as consultants that we travel around the world, we actually truly uncreate and destroy our relationship with all our clients as soon as we finish all the project and everything, every day, because um, then they're not based on what we did before for them. We just put in the new invitation for them to work with us each time instead of become... This is one one thing that I'm still talking about it all the time, is becoming the chosen one instead of the choosing one, which she introduced us to. That totally changed our life as uh, consultants, we used to be a, a chosen one and we used to sit there and think, oh, someone's going to choose us. But once we turn into us being a chosen one, people actually, you. Uh, you know, ask us whether we would we choose to actually work with them or not.
1: So rather than making them choosing you be the valuable product, you say, hey, we're the ones doing the choosing here. Do we actually want to work with these people?
4: exactly Exactly, and and just that simple notion changed the way we ran our business so now we send out invitations they're not proposals just Uh simple little things like that and people are now asking us to send us an invitation for us to work with them wow
5: and this this is for everyone though I mean even for people who go and apply for a job to to work with someone instead of going in with the point of view that the the company is going to choose you and you being a, a chosen one, they can actually go in and apply for a job and apply for for work being the one that's going to be the choosing.
3: I know it's that- you know, for, for Dane and <laughs> I. Dane and I went in and it's like we have this guy that we do banking with at our bank and and he's a business you know business banker guy, and so we went in and. And I said, okay, I'm thinking about changing my accounts here. So I just wanted to find out if I'm willing to have an account with you. And he goes, and he, so he answered all my questions and did all the stuff. And it's like a couple of months later, we're in there, and his boss was there. And he said, these two guys are the only guys who have ever interviewed me to see if I'm a good enough banker for them. <laughs> <laughs> he said, It's like they chose us based on I'm good enough, not based on do I want to do this for them. And he said it was really fun for him to have us take that point of view because our point of view is uh, you don't get to have our money unless we choose you. And that was a great, great example of being the chooser instead of the chosen. And the thing is it shows up in the
1: the banking relationship that we have because he's willing to do, you know, we call and he's like, okay, what can I do for you guys continuously? And it's... You know, if people are willing to do that in their lives, realize that them choosing someone or something is actually the valuable product, it creates a totally different point of view. So when you guys, you know, talked about this with your business, and and have you noticed, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask, but how have you noticed that's changed the income that you have and the amount of people that are asking for you? Uh,
4: fundamentally exponential, Uh, we had very, very successful businesses before. Now they're very, 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 very successful businesses. (laughs) And, and the whole, the whole notion of, um, uh, being the, the choosing one means that we actually are now, um, aware of what choice means in this. And as soon as we feel that we're being chosen, it feels really funky. So say, hang on a second, where the choosing list? Now they may not be mutually exclusive but the notion of being the choosing one means that you're constantly being the question, constantly um, uh, looking at, so what else is possible here? What that's enabled us is to do is to create a global business now, truly global business, um, where the revenue has increased exponentially. And that came about primarily from saying, we are choosing to be the choosing ones here. And so I give away uh, more jobs, more assignments, than I actually accept these days. And giving those away means that um we choose not to do it. But why I have colleagues that we give them to. And those colleagues then provide us with a revenue stream because we've given them some jobs. So, you know what is that? So how can you actually um how can you actually have work without having to do the work so that you can do the work that you want to do the work with by choosing that, whilst not having to do all the work that everyone wants you to do?
1: Yes, absolutely that. And actually make more income at the same time. <clears throat> so, as a sort of a quick wrap up with what we talked about today, the, we talked about functioning as the question rather than the conclusion, destroying and uncreating to open up more possibilities and undoing your insistence and your reliance on the past. And then also stepping into being the chooser
3: rather than the one who's chosen. And, right. All of those are great tools to help you and your business folks. And, uh, you know, it's like we're going to be leaving here in mere minutes, seconds. So Good. we just want to, you know, thank you, Stephen Chutessa. And how do people get a hold of you if they would like to?
4: Well, we've, the website that we've got is probably the best uh, best way, and that is no more business as usual.com. And on there is a whole, uh, whole lot of really interesting tools. We've got a whole series of books on there, video ebooks. And, um, the No More Business as Usual book. And there's also a contact, uh, component there if people want to, to get hold of us. Cool. Cool. Thank, Thank you, you guys that.
1: so much. Thanks and, for being on with us. And Gary and I both have to say, if any, if you found any of this interesting, go to the No More Business as Usual website. Check out the free resources they've made available there for you. And also, buy the get friggin' the book. Darn book yeah it, it's just it's amazing it'll change your whole perspective it's on your business great create more money and have it be a lot more fun with a lot more ease thank you guys this has been Dane and Gary and thanks
3: for joining us and Access, Access- Consciousness.
1: Consciousness show on Voice America Empowerment Channel welcome to our world we'll be with you next week thanks bye bye
0: and management.